Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Revenue Podcast. This is our Focus Fridays sequence. I'm Ethan. I'm here with Brendan. Brendan, why should folks check out this episode? Uh, they should check out this episode if they're having issues setting next steps or challenges setting next steps or just want to get better at transitioning over to the next call. Um, we shed light on a lot of key areas that, that we think reps should improve on. Uh, and we give some some great tips on on how to get ahead of those objections that you may potentially see, uh, how to avoid the just send me an email and we'll re- you know, we'll recoup later on. Um, so if you're a rep that's struggling to set next steps, this would be the podcast for you. Yeah. Or if you're doing great on next steps, but want to boost it five, 10%, also or- be a lot of nuggets here. Um, yeah. Nothing to add. That's pretty spicy. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Revenue Podcast. I'm your host. Ethan Parker. Let's go. If you're not answering why change, you can go ahead and close lost that deal. The problem with outbound sales is AEs are talking to people like they're already in the consideration phase of the buyer's journey, and they're not. We have to shift everything in our discovery to be entirely customer-centric. You have to make them lean in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Revenue Podcast. This is another episode of Focus Fridays with my man here, Brendan, bringing to you a little recap of what we've been seeing on the week, some um, some tactical advice. Hopefully, it'll be useful for you in your next discovery slash demo slash sales call in general. That's something before we dive in that I've been thinking about a lot is sometimes we think about these things for quote unquote discovery and these tactics or steps or organization or whatever. Um, But then, you know, we see calls later in the funnel and it's like, they totally abandoned these principles that don't change. These things don't change. You keep doing these things through the entire sales process. So for all you listening out here, this isn't just for the first call. This is for every single freaking call every time. I just needed to get that out, Brendan. It's been on my mind. That was good. Needed to be said. <laughs> All right. Cool. So we have a few things for, for today. And I think the theme that we're going to talk about today is some of the stuff we've been stressing on the clients and, and working on improving you know, with folks we're working with across the board. And also uh, an outbound squad. We've been getting some questions about what we're going to talk about today. And that is next steps. And this definitely applies to not only just that first call, obviously that's like kind of the part everyone thinks about, but all through the sales cycle, we always need to make sure we have those next steps on the book. And that's going to look a little bit different on what those are for based on what it is, whether it's a trial or POC or it's demo or, um, you know, closing negotiation proposals, et cetera, super important piece. And before we kind of dive into nuances of setting these next steps, um, I thought that would be good to talk about the time management piece first and what happens a lot. We, you and I both experienced this on a demo this week where you and I are on Slack, like she's got two minutes. (laughs) Um, And uh, you know, we had hard stops, had places to go. And, and I I really just had to cut that call off because I had to go. And um, so we didn't get next step set. I wouldn't have set next steps anyway, because it was, it was a bomb of a disco call, but um, that's another day maybe, but to the time management piece, Brendan, how do you give yourself 
enough time to set next steps? Great, great question. And I wish she did this on the, the demo. And I hope she's listening to this podcast because you know a couple of tips could really help set hard next steps at the end of a call. Uh, big one here. She didn't really acknowledge how many how much time we had for the call and if we had any hard stops. I think that's really, really important to really uh, to help game plan how the call is going to go. And if, hey, Ethan, I got 30 minutes for today's call, any hard stops that I need to be made aware of. If you say, yes, I have a hard stop at the top of the hour. Okay, awesome. I know you do this extremely well. You set a little timer for five, seven minutes before the end of the call. Um, what I'm finding right now, is, especially on the calls, and we just experienced this, is we're trying to rush through and get everything we're trying to say, everything on our slide deck to cram into this one call. And then we forget about almost the one of the most important pieces about the introductory call is setting those, those next steps. And we, we try to get something on the calendar and we get hit with an objection, but time's up and they got to bounce off the call. And it just, it fizzles out into like a, Ethan, you know what? Uh, I know we're at time here. I'll send you an email with a couple of dates and then just respond back with, with something that works for you. And it's left in like this ambiguity area of like, I think the call went really well. Uh, now I got to follow up with the guy to see what date works with them. Whereas if you give yourself enough time at the end of the call, you can you can outline what those next steps look like. You can get their opinion on if next steps make sense. You can discuss the rest of the buying process and what to expect. And you're not in a rush to end the call. And it's okay if you don't get to any to everything that you have to do. That's what the next call is for. Um, so I think it's like it's really uh, valuable um, to set time. Uh, to tee up that next conversation, uh, especially without Batman, you need momentum to keep the deal going. Um, so, so, so don't rush through things. Be patient. Set a set a clock if you have to. Um, you know, like just curious to get your thoughts on uh, on on that whole piece of everything. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I talk about the timer piece a lot. It's what I did for a long time. Now it's very much like habitual. So I, I don't really need the timer piece. Um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with what is going on in my opinion. And what I see is that I feel like the rep is like the reason why they're having trouble setting next tests is because it's like, well, I'm running out of time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you're running out of time for what? Well, I needed to show them this, that, and the other. And I was like, no, you don't. So what the next call is for, man, all we need to do, all we need to do is we need to establish somewhat of a gap. We need to have that alignment on um, that, you know, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we'd like to go. And I see what you're saying. This is interesting. I'd like to continue the conversation. Right. Uh And I don't have to get, I don't need to demo. I don't need to go into all the feature benefit functions of, of my solution. I don't need to do any of that. All I need to do is show you what some more class people are doing, what issues have popped up when they're trying to do these things, how they've gone about solving it. Oh, and by the way, that was us that helped them do that. And, you know, based on our conversation today, I yep. think that we can probably help you do the same thing. Do you agree? It makes sense to chat further about it. So I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think the main, I think the main thing is people are trying to make sure they have enough value. They've given them enough, that kind of thing. I have a total different opinion on how you do that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's maybe we'll get into that, but that's what I think about it. Okay, I appreciate uh, your your insight in there, and we bumped bumped it to to many uh, many different areas uh, with with next steps, and it being kind of like a recurring theme over the past week and a half. Um, but it, it ultimately ties into what we discussed on last podcast. Uh, last Focus Friday it was upfront contract setting the agenda. I mean that, that's critical. Those piece really, those two pieces really tie into one another. Setting the stage, getting the agenda, getting the buy-in, and giving yourself enough time um, at the end of the call. You know, yeah. the, it's critical. Um, this phrasing before before we move on. What since we mentioned upfront contract and how that relates to next steps, most people do some sort of. You know, and if in this call, either, you know, one, you'll think like this is the worst thing since canned bread and that's totally fine. We could part ways as friends, or you might think this is something interesting and worth digging into a little bit further, in which case, you know, next step is typically a demo and we can talk about setting that up. Does that sound fair or something like that? Um, Which, you know, I'm not saying that's terrible, but one thing I really like to do is point out like in the call, like, hey, and this is this wording comes from Jason. You know, uh, he's really big on this this wording here, but I, I agree 100%. It's like, hey, Brendan, do you feel comfortable at any point? This is how I typically do it. Hey, Brendan, if at any point um, what I'm talking about here seems irrelevant or, you know, not not exactly what's top of mind for you, do you, do you feel comfortable letting me know that? You know, I like, yeah. to, I like to set the stage so we don't get a situation where it's like trying to gauge if they're interested or not. You know, I mean, just because you ask a question doesn't mean necessarily always will do that, but it, you know, it opens that door and invites it that, Hey, it's okay to tell me if I'm off base, it's okay to tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction. Um, I'm making a lot of assumptions here based on what I think and what I, you know, some research that I did and I understand I could be wrong and you have every right to tell me if I'm wrong and we can get this going in the right direction. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the last thing we want to have happen is, end of the conversation um there's the moment in the prospects mind we we had it together hey man she got five minutes like we have a hard stop and then you're put in that position of like do i want to be rude and interject what they're saying because i got a hard stop or do i just play the polite game and just like allow this call to go over and them not respecting our time um yeah. i think you case, that I, mean, I didn't even have a moment to get a word in so like interjecting was like really difficult I don't yeah. know how it could have been more clear than my face. I was like, I know you people, guys listen, you can't see me, but I, you know, mouth open, leaning in, like, uh, uh, yeah. hand uh, up. Yeah. You know, and no, no stoppage. So, you know, that was a rough one. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I'm seeing, uh, you know, as the, as the buying, the buying process becomes a little bit more complex these days and there's, there's more, uh, personas that are involved in a, in a, in a buying decision um, is, in, is incorporating these different types of, of personalities in, into your next steps. Uh, you do this extremely well um, of researching potentially who the other key stakeholders are. And you tee up that next call uh, phenomenally of getting those, uh, those decision makers out. And it's very natural. Um, you know, there are some times that, uh, that I see, uh, you know, an AE do uh, or experience on a call is like, hey, this information was extremely helpful. However, I need to talk internally with my team um, and discuss X, Y, Z before we do this. Um, so I wanted to get your, uh, I wanted to see how you handle that 
and and also talk a little bit more about how you can kind of extract that piece of information out earlier and to really set the stage. Yeah, I mean, I think I think probably everybody has experienced this, right? Anybody in sales has experienced the old. Well, let me let me circle back with my team and and I'll get back to you. Can you send me some information to blah blah blah? blah right? And it's like we should be expecting that. Mm-hmm. So before I dive into like how to deal with that, I think the more important thing to talk about is the latter part of your question and like how you prevent that and how you bring that up first. Cause I mean, it's so funny to me. And when we, when we're like iterating on cold calls, we analyze the objections we get. And then we think about how we can knock them out before they get there and calling it out. For mm-hmm. example, if you are selling, let's go with something super, super basic, a chat bot. All right. Almost every company in the world <laughs> has a chatbot set up. I mean, I know there are some. I, I'm, somebody's going to email us and be like, hey, you're wrong. I found this list of 15 companies that don't have a chatbot on their web. They exist, to be clear. I just mean, for the most part, especially if you're like in enterprise sales or even like commercial mid-market sales that are you know larger size companies, almost all of them have some sort of chatbot, whether it be manned, unmanned, whatever, on mm-hmm. their website. Okay. So what do we, what do we think about a lot on a cold call? It's like, you are getting the job done somehow today. You are, it's not like you have this gaping hole in your business that you're not addressing. I mean, there are situations like that, but not something so fundamental as a chatbot, which we can go in all day around whether that's useful, beneficial, whether you should have one or not. This isn't what that's about. Just the sheer fact of most people have a chatbot. And let's say you're selling a different type of chatbot solution. What would be a really great way to kind of um, address that in a cold call? Hey, Brendan, I realize uh, you guys already have something um, set up here and you're getting the job done today and you're probably using something like XYZ. And if you're a really good cold caller, you should know and use something like built with, you know, they're using intercom, they're using drift or whatever case might be. And I'm gonna call that out before you have a chance to then make that an objection for me. I'm going I'm to address it before we get there. That's like the number one thing about objections is preventing them before they happen. Same thing is true in discovery and any type of sales call. I know the odds of at the end of this call, you saying something along the lines of this sounds really great. Can you send me some information? Let me circle back to my team and then we'll set something up. I know that the odds are like 75% probability that that's going to happen. So let's try to knock that out before we get there. So the important part of this is understanding why people say things like that. So people lie (laughs) because they're uncomfortable telling you the truth. Okay. So that goes back to the upfront contract of what I said a minute ago. Hey, Brendan, do you feel comfortable telling me if anything that I share at any point in this call is irrelevant or off base or something you're not interested in? And getting agreements there and getting and and checking in during the call. There's lots of nuances here, but it's all the little things take it from good to great. So people, people lie, they're uncomfortable in uncomfortable situations. They don't want to tell you, they don't want to be mean. They don't want to be like, Hey, this is interesting. So they use things like, well, I need to talk to this person or I don't handle this, this, that, and the other. Okay. Complex. Even if it's mid-market deal cycles are complex. Generally, they affect more than one department at a company. It's called multi-threading. And in any given product you're going to introduce, it affects multiple departments. Even if you're selling a sales engagement platform, IT and sales ops, and rev ops, whoever might be on that team, 
uh, marketing, lots of other people, but marketing is like, how do I have visibility? IT is like, what kind of fucking support is this going to require? Um, all of these things affect other people and, and other people's opinions are going to weigh in. They may not be the decision maker, but they would be what we call what an influencer. Right. Um, so if I'm selling something that I know typically the VP of sales is like the primary decision maker on this and my SDR lands me a call with the, the VP of marketing and this call is going very well, there is some type of way that my product impacts the VP of marketing. I mean, you know, in this particular use case, go of a sales engagement tool. Um, so that conversation needs to be relevant to this human being. And the goal of my conversation, I understand that you may not be the person that signs the contract and the person completely drives us forward. But if I can, if I can show you how this will benefit you and what you care about, I can foster an introduction to who I want to speak to. So I need to circle back with my team. There's a lot of things we need to do before that happens. A lot mm -hmm. of times that happens is because like we really haven't shown the value to the way that that person needs to be shown. So they do not see if you get like, I don't handle this or I need to talk to more parts of my team, this, that, and the other, then they usually don't really fundamentally understand the value. The other scenario is if they do fundamentally understand the value, they haven't ever purchased something like this before. They haven't mm -hmm. ever gotten budget sign off or whatever. And that's like kind of a risk, you know, like if, if me at all yeah. sales, if someone prospects to me and I go on sales demos and calls, there's a part of my brain that's like, all right, if I make a poor decision here and I push this forward and I get the company to spend X amount of money and this flops, that's on me. Yeah. Right. In some situations, large ticket enough items, like maybe even like lose your job. So there's risk here for the individual. And so we have to address those things. So prior to asking for next steps, we kind of zero in. Let's pretend we've done great discovery. We've established gap. We've been relevant with this information. And this person sees how it would affect them. We know good and well, other people are going to be involved in this decision. I'm going to know that information before I get into the call. So if I'm meeting with the VP of sales, like for us at Aldi sales, if I'm meeting with the VP of sales, I know that there's a few other people that are involved in the decision. Number one, Marketing is typically mm -hmm. involved because they want to know messaging. What are we saying? What's our tactic? What kind of stuff are we putting out there? We're doing X, Y, Z in these campaigns and want to see how this fits in and how we can work together. And do, do they have an opportunity to influence what we're saying? They want to fill that sense of you know significance to a degree. And this goes back to like the six basic human needs that you've heard me talk about in coaching calls before. We could go all day on that, but they have this, you know, we need to meet that need of significance. And finance, they want to talk about ROI and how this makes sense. Where the VP of sales wants to know, like, how many meetings I'm going to get, how many can I convert, where do they come to the blah, 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 how do, how do the targeting work? Do I have to say so in this? Like, you know, they have different concerns. And then if they have a business development department, how does this work alongside my internal team? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people that, that weigh in on this decision. And I, you know, I mean, you've seen my prep docs. It's very simple, it's nothing super complicated. Anyone listening, if you'd like to get, a copy of my uh, doc that I prepped for. You can shoot me a DM on LinkedIn or email me Ethan at altysales.com. Happy to share. But I have a prep doc of what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have things divided by company. And so I'm looking for size, funding, number of internal SDRs, number of sellers. How, how new are they? Are they tenured? Are they all new? Those are trends and patterns I look for because I know that typically means they're in a certain situation when we're talking and then individually, like 
who is this person? What is their background? Um, where do they live? So I don't get on the call and say, where are you calling from? <laughs> Shit like that. Um, I know where they're at. I know, I know their background, what their history is in the industry and how long they've been at the company. And if I can pull out any other nuggets, some people have really great LinkedIn profiles. Some don't. If I can pull out anything that any commonalities or anything like on a personal level I can relate to, I'll have that information ready. And then I have another section that says other stakeholders I want to speak to. And I have that mapped out. Some of it's like with larger companies, it's like, I don't know, maybe these people. And I might have five, six names down there and or 10. And if it's a smaller company, I may only have two or three. Um, so, but I have those ready. So then when I get to the end of the call, Number one, as we mentioned, I have a lot of time to have this conversation. So I'm not rushed, rushing through it. And then I'm going to say, well, hey, Brendan, I know we're coming up on time here. We got about 10 minutes left. Uh, my intro calls are an hour long. So I usually a lot, about 10 minutes at the end. So, you know, hey, Brendan, I know we're coming up on time and we have about 10 minutes left here. Um, you know, based on what we've chatted about today, it seems like, you know, 3Xing your pipeline this year and doing XB, ABC, XYZ is, is uh, really top of mind for you. Am I, am I on point there? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so, Hey man, I, I, based on that, I, I see a strong potential for you us to be helpful here with what you're trying to do typically. And I mean, you, you've been on these calls for me. Usually they're asking me what next steps look like, which is wonderful. Um, but if they didn't, you know, and even if they did, yeah. Hey, great. Brandon, typically next steps are, you know, folks really want to dig into, they want to dig into the finance and talk about uh, return on investment here and, and how the revenue makes sense timeline and, you know, how long it takes to you know get to value that sort of thing, map out onboarding a little bit, who's going to be involved in the lift, what the setup looks like. That's, that's typically what happens next um, for that call. You know, typically we're going to want, um, you know, Susie and John from mm -hmm. your team on that call. Uh, it, is that a fair assumption there or would it be someone else? Right. So I have, I have the names of who I want to speak to next. I've already looked on sales nav and I know who they are and they're either going to correct me or they're going to say, yep, we definitely want them on the next call. Or we're going to say, nope, it wouldn't be them, but it would be, you know, Brendan and Jason, you know? Um, great. And I'm gonna jot that name down. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, thanks for, thanks for correcting me there, Brendan. Uh, and on, uh, Jason, what was his title? Yeah. Just, just getting the basic information. Right. Uh, I usually have sales nav up over. So as they say some names, I don't know. I try to like pull it really quick. So I already know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jason, the CXO got it. And they're like, well, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just like all the little bitty things. And then this is a step that's missed. And this is one of the most critical steps. I'm going to say, Hey, you know, based on our conversation today on the next call, what we're going to cover is blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to set an agenda for the next call right now, which explains today, we spent a lot, a lot of time talking about problems, illuminating issues. Here's what folks are trying to do. Here's what gets in the way. Here's what we've actually been able to show, getting alignment on that, and then diving in a little bit of like how we can help a little bit. Cause I do have an hour allotted. So I have more time to dig into that than maybe like on a 30 minute call. Yeah. And then, and then I can talk about, Hey, we're going to do X, Y, Z on the next call, which is going to, you know, give more insight into how we can insert goals they have, right? Or yeah. insert alleviating pain they have or whatever it might be. And then we'll have so-and-so and so-and-so on the call. Great. Um, uh, everyone, I've got my calendar handy. Um, can, we, can we get these pulled up and, and go ahead and get it on the calendar? And if you execute it in that way, 
you're almost never going to get, well, why don't you send me some information? Let me circle back and da, 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 da. Right. And I usually even call that out in that talk track and I'll send you some information that you'll be able to like kind of review internally beforehand to catch everyone up to speed. And I can even make a quick video for you if it would be helpful. Right. So I'm just eliminating those objections before they bubble up and then explaining what's going to happen on the next call, the value they're going to get on the next call. Like when I was talking about what we do in prospecting and, and to get people on the first call and then we forget about it. Like at the end of each call, I need to show you that the value of the next call outweighs the pain of making it happen. Like I need to show you that every step of the way, this is what we're going to cover. This is what you're going to get out of it. The value doesn't stop. It doesn't just become all about me. Now it's not, yeah. it's not what this is. It becomes like, what do I get out of this still? That's every single time you need to make that explicit. If I do that, I'm not going to have a problem setting next steps. Obviously you're not going to set next steps with hundred percent. Some people aren't going to be a fit. Some people are going to be a stone wall and just not do it. I I've, I've started calls with people that like, I never set next steps on calls just so you know, Ethan. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're going to get shit like that that happens. Um, but as a average and benchmark, you're going to get way more that way. Yeah. And, and honestly, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, to set next steps. You may realize throughout your, your conversation that, uh, it, it may not be a fit and you, you haven't covered like what, you know, that was relatable to them or they were expecting X and you delivered, you know, your solution does Y. It's okay to not set next steps when it's appropriate. And you've kind of like fully had a, had a great conversation um, about their, their world and potentially where your solution can fit. Um, you know, there was a, there was a call that I reviewed the other week where um, it was a pretty awkward call and the, the AE tried to force next steps in place. I did. And it didn't work out too well. Um, I kind of laughed about it a little bit because I, I admire his courage into at least trying, but it really didn't make any sense, uh, there. Um, well, question for you on that. How was, how did he try to force next steps? He or she, how did, how did they try to set next steps? Like what, what was the wording there? Was it something like, yeah, so would a demo make sense? And that, that's what they're saying or like, what happened? It was a, uh, so the prospect had just answered a question. And then he goes, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, what about if we do a, a set of personalized demo for you on, on the next call with your team? And then the woman halted and she goes, Hey, look first, before we even do that, maybe, uh, we're going to need some white paper on bang, 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 before we even get to this stage. Or we need an NDA signed before we even get to that stage. Uh, there was a rep, one of the best closes that I've seen thus far. She'd outlined, hey, great. Based upon what we talked today, seemed like uh, you were focused on X, Y, Z. This is an area that you know uh, I believe we can help out with extremely well in. Um, you know, Before we even get to next steps, typically in this type of situation, an NDA needs to be in place. Um, is that the case for you? It was a financial institution. Uh, the guy said, yeah, actually, an NDA is something that we need to get in place. Awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. At the end of this call, I'm going to send you over, uh, or if you could send me the NDA, that'd be great. Um, typically, when I get those or before I get those, it typically takes like one to two weeks. Um, what if we look two weeks out and we schedule some time to, uh, to show you a personalized demo? Would that make sense for you? And the guy's like, yes, it would. And it was, she ironed everything out. 
She understood the, she understood next steps, what needed to be in place before getting to that point. She got ahead of the potential objection at the end of the call of like, oh, hey, before we even get to a demo, like we need an NDA. She knew that. So she leveraged that to, to her, um, to her benefit. Um, to go back into your, your key stakeholders here, um, two things I wanted to add, uh, and you alluded to it extremely well especially if you're in enterprise sales and you're enterprise AE and you're like, Ethan, I have no idea who's involved in this buying process. This company is massive. Take a guess. Hey, research. If typically somebody in marketing is involved in the, the conversation, just research somebody from marketing. At least you did the work and you've shown to the prospect, you've done the research and you've come prepared for this call. You know what people like to do, Ethan? They like to correct other people. So if you're going to be wrong, uh, at least you took a, at least you gave it a go. And I'm going to be like, hey, Ethan, you know what? It's not Susie Q. It's John Doe. And now, oh, awesome. Now you have a great piece of nugget. Great. What, what's John, John Doe's role? John, Do, John Doe does this. Fantastic. Awesome. Now you have great pieces of nuggets right there. Uh, another thing, as we're talking about key stakeholders, um, you know, a lot of the feedback that we see uh, potentially from AEs that we work with is just getting roadblocked once they get hit with that. This is not the right contact um, and leveraging what you had mentioned with multi-threading. You know, hey, this may not be the right contact, but this contact could get me in front of this person. You know, having that piece of information, the key stakeholders, uh, understanding of buying process can really alleviate that. And instead of it just being like a, hey, this this is not a good fit, it could lead to something greater down the line because you've done the work, you know, potentially who's involved, you can keep the momentum going, and you could prevent a potential objection moving forward, right? Yeah. And we should really know that going into it. We should really know that going into the call of this likely, like, hey, I understand relatively where this person probably sits in this yeah. engagement. And this isn't probably going to be my key stakeholder or my champion, but they are influencer and this does affect them. So my conversation needs to be tailored to like how this implicate, like what impact this has on what they do, their team, their day, their, you know, their goals. And I should know that going into it and that entire conversation be tailored to that. Yeah. And then I can coach them on what we need to make happen in order to, you know, make that be real. So we should know that going into it. And what we should not do if we know that going into it is something like, well, Hey, Brendan, I know you're not the key decision maker here. It's not, you know, much. We, we can't do that. Like uh, I, I, I saw this on the calls while I'm saying it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, we got to treat those people with respect. Like they're just as important as we are. And we need yep. to establish we're just as important as they are. Of course, we're on equal playing ground here, but you got to be respectful of, of folks and acknowledge like where they're at and it needs to be tailored to that, to their situation, because there's almost, if they're getting on a call with you, this touches them somehow. Like they don't just take a call for no fucking reason. You yeah. Know? Like people don't do that. So, I mean, uh, granted, sure. It happens that we get into this and we figure out this is totally not a fit or man, I was off on targeting here for sure. Sometimes some percentage of the time, but yeah. until I know that I'm not going to treat them that way. Yeah. And I think it's really important during the discovery call of, you know, you get the understanding of their roles, potential goals, initiatives. If you tailor the conversation, you know, 
couple of weeks ago, we had a phenomenal discovery call with uh, you know a vendor that we were betting out. Great, great conversation in the beginning of the call. You know, they were wary of time. Instead of going over everything that their product did, they focused on something hyper specific that they thought could benefit our world. And we were like, holy crap. Yes. It was one thing that really excited us. And you and I have both become emotionally attached to potentially what that, you know, what that could do for, for our job. If you tailor your discovery call to the, if you can tailor to the person that you're meeting with, get them excited about your solution and how this could drive, you know, X goals for them. They're going to want to get other people involved. You know, if we just go over through the entire product deck and just say, Hey man, here's our stuff. And you're not really connecting to that person. I think, I don't think you get next steps because there's not that emotional attachment there. Um, so I think it's a, it's kind of an imp- important piece to think about as you're going through a discovery call and understanding, knowing who you're knowing who's on the opposite side of the table or the screen. Um, Ethan, I know we're, we're probably running out of time here, but uh, one last thing, let's say you do everything, everything perfectly. And it's, it's the person that doesn't set next steps. Okay. And they, they always leave it at, Hey, Ethan, can you just send me an email with dates and a, and a one pager? Yep, absolutely. Be happy to do so. You send the email out and you get some sort of loose time frame uh, on one to set next steps. How do you handle that, that piece when they simply just ghost you and you get nothing and two weeks goes by, nothing? Call, email, LinkedIn, nothing. How do you handle that? Yeah. I would argue here that you probably didn't do everything right in this scenario. Um, I'm trying to think of a situation where I just feel like I really nailed everything and then this happened and I didn't learn later that I missed something. Um, I don't know if there's ever been that situation for me personally. And usually when I dig into this with reps, like something was missed and we figure that out later. So in the situation, I have kind of two courses of action here. In the situation, you feel like everything went great. You really couldn't get next step set. Number one, I'm going to say always, always, always like, let's talk about that objection. So you did everything right. You did what I said. You described the value they're going to get on the next call. And they say, hey, yeah, that sounds good. But you know, before we do anything, I just really want to talk to my team first before we, before we kind of move forward and see what's going on right now. Got it. Hey, Brendan. Um, and I can totally understand, you know, wanting to want to kind of check back with your team. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate that, you know, you're actually thinking about it that way. And I, and I would agree. It'd be more productive if, if the team's on board. So I'm mm-hmm. happy you're thinking about that. Is it okay if I make a suggestion? Yeah, sweet. Hey, um, Brendan, typically, um, you know, when folks tell me that just kind of before I get into something else, it, it sometimes means like, I just kind of, I just kind of missed the mark and, and maybe like what we're doing here isn't, Maybe like what I said wasn't exactly relevant to what you have going on. Before I kind of go any further, I just, I just want to make sure is, is, that, is that what's going on here? Just ask a very direct question. And they say, yeah, kind of. Um, this isn't something that's really top of mind for me right now, blah, 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 blah. Great. This opportunity to get some feedback, maybe an opportunity to turn it around if, if you just totally missed and you can help with what they're looking at. Yeah. Or it's a learning situation of... Great. Well, you know, hey, what? Just, just so I don't, you know, I, I feel really bad for wasting your time here, Brendan. Um, and you know, I'm not, I don't want to waste my time either. 
you mind let me know kind of what is top of mind for you. So, you know, I can just kind of have learn from this experience here and get some feedback there, but let's assume, let's assume in this situation, they say, no, no, uh, everything was good, man. This is on the money. I just really want to want to speak with my team first. Hey, got it. Got it. Sounds good. Um, so the suggestion I would make Brendan is, you know, usually when I talk to someone like you and, and you see, you know, value here and there's something that you want, and there's like a concern of, uh, you know, wanting to check with the team, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes what happens is, uh, we kind of lose momentum here. And then like, you're not able to like get what you're wanting here. What we talked about today, X, Y, Z, um, would you be opposed to just like putting a tentative on the calendar a couple weeks out and we can totally change, modulate or cancel if, um, if, if you do talk with the team and it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. usually they're going to, it's, you know, if they say no again, that's fine. I'm gonna let it go. But um, usually, the, yeah, yeah, you can put a tentative on, like, yeah, you know, kind of just do same time two weeks from now. That'd be okay, Brendan. Yeah, cool. And then, secondly, Brendan, um, I'm happy to send you, you know, email summary and, and a little one pager. Would would it be all right if if I also made like a, a super quick video, like you know, maybe maybe two minutes to kind of summarize what we chatted about here today? That and you could share that with the folks that you know, you're wanting to you want to say. I just feel like maybe I could add a little color to a one pager. Would that be okay? And the reason why I want to do that is because I can control the narrative so much more with a video than I can just sending you a white paper and seeing what you did. Because what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through what we talked about, pains, gains, and impact, mm. show the attachment, why I'm sending it, what they need to look at, why this matters, and how it folds into, at least from my conversation, your company. You know, And so right. I, can, I can point it out. I'm going to mark up that one page or two to like draw their attention to what I know is most important based on our conversation. So, you know, there's a few situations that happens. Like, again, I think in that situation, let's pretend they're very interested and they still, still want to talk it. I think it usually rolls up to like, they don't know how to get this done. And that's your job as a seller. It's your job to coach the buyer and let them know how to get it done. Yeah. And you know what? I think the more important piece about time management is giving you enough time to handle have those conversations. Yeah. Have those conversations. And you know what? It's better for you to get clarity and closure on something. And it's, you brought up a phenomenal point there. You call that, you know, you call them out, you do it in a soft way, but you need to know if this is going to be something that is going to be worth your time. And if they give you a feedback, like, Hey, honestly, not really priority for us. You know, you could get the feedback on how to maybe, you know, improve you know, your, your conversation or whatever. Um, but in my opinion, and I think you'd agree with this, like you need, you need to, you need to call it out. You need to know and not yeah. leave it in this kind of ambiguity area and then constantly following up, you know, days, weeks, months down the line. Best answer in sales is yes. Second best answer in sales is no, but worst answer is maybe, yeah. um, because I'm going to go spend half an hour putting this email together for you, making that video, doing the things, marking up that one pager, and like, dude, if you're honestly not interested, just, just let me know that. So I'm going to, I'm going to confirm, Hey, Brendan, I'm happy to put this together for you, but uh, you know, that, that is going to take me a good bit of time, probably around 30, 45 minutes to put that together for you. And I'm, I'm happy to do so if there's some genuine interest here. But what I hear often is, you know, most time when, when folks kind of, you know, tell me that it, it's usually because I, I just kind of missed the mark and they're really not that interested. Is that, is that what's going on here? You know, just be really direct and people, yeah. You know, I think Nick, Nick Sigelski is the one that talks about this, like, you know, being, uh, uh, surprisingly blunt or, um, uh, disarmingly blunt, disarmingly blunt. 
Yeah. In, in Norman. Uh, yep. And it's, it's very true. It's very true. Like just be very, and it's refreshing to the prospect too. And we can just end this and we don't have to carry this on. And I don't have to put this thing in pipeline and justify this to my sales manager for the next three weeks when you're not answering me and all this shit. I can just close, lost it, move on and build a better relationship. And down the line, if it makes more sense, you're, you're going to remember that experience and you're going to come back and talk to me because that experience was pleasant and different, not status quo. <laughs> uh, I know we had, uh, we had a couple other things slated, but we are running out of time. So we'll wrap it up. But um, really great, uh, really great questions here, Brendan. I, uh, I hope this is helping you all out, everyone that's listening on some of these things we're finding. So um, if, uh, if this has been at all helpful, maybe help us out, share the show, give us a rating, Spotify, Apple, whatever the case may be. And uh, until the next uh, Focus Friday, have a great, uh, have a great weekend and uh, happy hunting. Peace. Peace.